There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the latest Bicycling Australia podcast. It's our eighth podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or your favourite podcast provider. I'm Nat Bromhead, editor of Bicycling Australia magazine. This is a coronavirus and cycling special. We've got a lot to talk about. We have three special guests. Here we go. Julie and Hazlitt. They're in north of Sydney, I believe. Are you there, Julie? Yeah, I'm here in Clara. (laughs) J.A. We'll be calling Julianne J.A. A lot of you people will know of J.A. She's a a member of the Belarus and the Internationals, um, an ultra-endurance cyclist who has competed or completed the Tour de France course, last year's Tour de France, um, and is just an all-round cycling legend, I reckon. Um, <laughs> Thanks, you're too kind. <laughs> talking, talking Tour de France, we've got Rupert Guinness, um, I believe in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. Are you there, Rupert? I'm here in Edgecliff, sunny, sunny, balmy eastern suburbs. Yeah, nice. Uh, and Rupert, similar, a lot of Tour de France experience, this time mainly reporting upon the Tour de France. I think, what are you up to, Rupert, 28 tours? Uh, 33 now. 33. Yeah. Gosh, that's pretty impressive. Um, And and now over in Adelaide, we have a guy that's actually ridden. Let me do a quick calc. Uh, I've never been that good at maths, but something like 106 stages of the Tour de France. Patrick Yonker. Yeah. Hi, hi, Nat. How are you going? I'm here in Adelaide. Yeah, nice. Might be 105, mightn't it? But um, yeah, five Tour de France's, obviously won the Tour Down Under. Um, he's got a Velo Way, a, a major bike path named after him. Pat obviously doesn't need any introduction. Pat Jonker, it's really good to have you guys all with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, look, obviously this is a bit of a um, coronavirus-themed podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about all the changes we've seen over the past few weeks. Uh, and basically, um, first of all, I'd like to just get each of your perspective on on where we're at at the moment, where cycling is. Um and I guess a little inkling of how, how we might recover or how the sport might come, might come out of this incredible upheaval. Maybe maybe if you um, started first, Rupert. Oh, well, I mean, obviously it's had massive, massive uh, short-term uh, effect and very swiftly too with the cancellation of a whole stack of races. Um, obviously this week uh, it was announced that the Tour de France, you know, the, the, the biggest event in world cycling uh, was postponed and now it's going to be starting in... Uh, in, well, they're saying they're hoping to be starting in, in August 29. Um, mm. I think that's a bit of a pipe, pipe dream, really, um, but we'll find out soon enough. Um, my big concern from a cycling point of view is in this whole race for rescheduling of events, 
um, of professional events or any all events is that they're, they're trying to you know cram six uh, one season into six months. And uh, where's the, what about the duty of care for athletes? You know, you expect them to race every day for the next six months once they get the green light. Um, mm. I know it's, a lot of teams are in a tenuous situation at the moment. I just see a massive logjam, and I just think in the sport at the moment when they're trying to get uh, you know smaller teams and uh, they're talking about athlete care. Uh, you know, they're going to go from doing only home training uh, regimes to suddenly racing every day for the rest of the year. That's probably a slight exaggeration, but yeah. I think it's something they have to be very cautious of because otherwise we can go down to an old pathway which, which the sport's been trying to get out of mm. um, and other means to, to get through uh, such a workload. Yeah, you're right. And it's something – the schedule is on our website. It's all laid out there. But it's something like the Tour de France finishing the World Champions the week after the Tour, the Giro starting the week after the World Champs, the Duelta starting the week after the Giro, um, and then somehow squeezing in Paris-Roubaix and numerous other one-day classics, uh, and then the national championships all around the world. Um, They haven't even given dates for the women's events, which is causing quite a stir as well. I mean, you just think, how on earth could this all fit into three and a half or four months? I mean, it's, it's, it's no, no coincidence that the two major power brokers of even those events that you're talking about are ASO, the owners of the Tour de France. They own mm. the World Tour of Spain. They also own Paris-Roubaix. And also the UCI, who conveniently um, made sure that their World Championships, their one event of the year, uh, is, uh, has stayed rock solid on the, on the schedule. So mm. I think we'll hear two major power bases here. Uh, it's just basically, you know, running the sport. Mm. Um, the UCI should be an administrative body not a race organiser, and ASO, uh, well, they're making a business out of it, but they're obviously the, the major the major power player here. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you just think, it, will it even be possible? Um, there's so much negativity about these posts on all the different um, global cycling news sites. Even Froome came out and said, I'm seeing a lot of negativity on my, on my feed. Um, he said that a day after the news, you know. So mm-hmm. it's sort of universal, isn't it, that how on earth could this happen? Well, I should say just on the flip side, I mean, just the fact that some dates have been put down, it is actually giving a lot of uh, riders at least a date to be aiming for, and that's a positive pathway looking ahead. I mm. mean, it does give some hope. I mean, hope is important uh, for everybody, you know, not just athletes and sport, but everybody's going to cling on to some, some, some form of hope. You know, like we're talking about coronavirus in Australia and, and when will, when will the um, protocols be um, lightened up a bit if they will be, and everyone's very cautious of that. But that little mm. bit of hope generates some positivity. So if you're a cyclist, um, you know that's going to give you that extra oomph to sort of do those extra hours on the home trainer and to mm. look at your weight and your regime and everything else the proper way. So there is a, there is positivity behind all that as well. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Julianne, you you um, I believe just before this all happened, you you actually signed up to do this year's Tour de France again with the internationals. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. So I was pretty excited to be heading back over to Europe. Actually, I was going to go for most of the summer this year um, and uh, head to Italy for a little bit and then ride the tour every stage the day before the men with the internationals as I did last year. Mm. Um, and then crash by wallop, COVID hits. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, and everything has been put on hold, which is a real shame. Mm. Um, but from a training perspective, we're all still training. Um, a mixture of uh, on the kicker, um, indoor training and, and a bit of Zwift or whatever programs people are using. Yeah. Um, and luckily, we can still get out and ride in Australia. So 
um, just doing solo rides uh, a little bit as well, just mixing it up, getting a bit of fresh air mm. um, and keeping on quiet roads away from everybody. So, it, 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 yeah, still keeping training. Yeah, I would like to stay on this theme of the, the um, international side of things, the upheaval, but just quickly, you have been out on those solo rides. We've seen some 200k rides on Strava. Um, but how are the conditions out on the roads for, for road cyclists? Ah, pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the the roads are pretty quiet at the moment. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. There's there's very few cars. People are actually a lot more respectful, especially if you know. I think riding solo, you don't get the abuse that maybe you do whenever you're in a peloton. Mm. Um, so riding solo, everybody gives you uh, a lot of space when they're passing you. And I've actually had people cheer me on a little mm. bit and say, "Good on you." Good to see you getting out and getting some exercise. So it's actually been really positive. Isn't that good? Um, yeah. yeah, really lovely. Really, really nice. Yeah. So if the Tour de France does go ahead, as they as they so you know sort of gallantly wish, um, will you guys head over there and 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 ride ride it again? Absolutely. Uh, we're 100% committed. Um, if the travel restrictions uh, are lifted and it's deemed safe to do so. If it's not safe, of course, we will not do it. Mm. Um, but if all of the travel restrictions are lifted and um, we're told that it's okay to do so, then our plan is definitely still to ride. Okay. Um, and I guess we just live in hope and, and having that hope and having a goal, uh, regardless of how unsure we are of that actually happening, it is good to have a goal and, and to keep aiming for something. Um, and that keeps us motivated day by day as well. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Pat Bianca sitting there patiently in Adelaide. Um, first of all, how was it down in Adelaide today, Pat? Yeah, I am. Um, I'm in Adelaide. Um, Adelaide. It's very noticeable to see a lot of people riding bikes who maybe normally would not ride bikes. Um, the bike paths are very busy. The centri- the CBDs extremely quiet. A lot less cars. Um, for the bicycle industry, um, you know, it's actually hasn't has been quite a quite a good month for the bicycle industry when bicycle sales, etc. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, we don't have uh, so many people who have been um, diagnosed with the virus here in Adelaide. Adelaide is obviously a small place, mm. and um, we hope to keep it that way. But yeah, what, what 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 you can notice, what everyone will notice, there are a lot of people on bicycles. Right. Okay. I'm really keen to get a bit bit deeper into that um, mm. shortly. But Pat, first, you do tend to go to the tour every mm. year. I, you know, see some pretty dreamy photos on your Instagram and social feeds um, in each July, mm. um, and sometimes into August. Um, what are your plans this year? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, I was due to go to the tour of Italy in two and a half weeks with BikestyleTours.com, and we were going to bring uh, a group of 17 people. Um, yeah, that's everything. Uh, if you're in the bicycle travel industry, like myself, uh, people like Stuart O'Grady, there are a lot of companies in Australia that make a living out of the bicycle tourism. Mm. And uh, Bike Style Tours, that's their main source of income. Uh, yeah, it's been a catastrophe for those businesses. Um, there's no tour of Italy, France. All the um, people that uh, were signed up, they've all been given their money back. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's... Um, and I think it'll be unlikely we'll see spectators at the Tour de France if it does go ahead. I agree with Roop. Um, I think it's a date that they've put down, but I'm not sure if it's realistic. Mm. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, so, Rupert, just back to you. you. You actually, I believe this was not going to be a Tour de France year for you. Is that right? Are you, are you focusing or were you focusing on the race across America? 
Um, well, it was uh, it was probably going to be unlikely because of um, Race Across America, you know, which has obviously been cancelled. Uh, um, it was going to be on uh, just starting June 16 and then finishing um, around, well, for me, it would have finished around about the 12-day time limit around, you know, June 28, and the mm. tour was going to be starting on the 27th. So um, at, at the very best, I would have got there for the last week, and then I'd need uh, somebody to, to, to pay me to work on it. So <laughs> there's a lot of variables to suggest. In this day and age, that I probably wouldn't have been there this year, but um, uh, but that's uh, you, know, um, you know it's too far too early to say whether I'll go this year or not. You know you've got to have okay. the work demand, the work interest, and that's kind of uh, lacking in the mainstream media these days. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So you've been training um, yep. pretty heavily for a quite a novel, no pun intended, um, approach to the race across America. Yes, well, uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still set for Race Across America next year now for 2021, 20, mm. but uh, now I'm going to be doing the virtual Race Across America or the VRAM, and um, that's going to be starting on June 16, and uh, it's going to be uh, it won't be the exact same uh, uh, route as Race Across America, but it will be a virtual route across America mm. um, of just under 5,000 kilometres, and um, uh, in the same event of VRAM, they're going to be holding uh, there's going to be three categories. The first will be the, the full distance, the VRAM solo uh, category. The second distance will be the um, uh, the race across the West or the raw um, mm. distance of about 1,400 uh, kilometres. And for them, they'll have 12 days to finish it in. And the third category will be a, uh, a six-hour category. So for people who want to dip their toes into a bit of ultra-distance riding um, on a stationary bike, you can sign oh. up for... For just a nice little uh, toe dipper of six hours on the bike, so um, so I'm going for the full five thousand, and so it's, I've had to sort of shift my the training's basically the same as what I was doing, but obviously a lot more um, yeah. uh, kilometres on the stationary bike. Uh, I'm a, I'm flabbergasted, Pat, Julie. What are you thinking? This is this sounds in, in uncred, incredible, isn't it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> five five thousand kilometres on a trainer sounds like hell <laughs> but um at the same time an incredible uh, experience i think it'll be brilliant i think uh what you guys are doing with that is really exciting and i'm glad to see that it hasn't just gone by the wayside and you know uh, rams cancelled nothing's happening i was actually hoping that there would be a team event because i wanted to do the team the thought of doing uh, five thousand kilometers solo is not so appealing <laughs> on, a, on a trainer but uh in a team i definitely would have been involved and i'm still considering if i take part in some form or not you, you, you could you could do the raw you could do the the the, the, the five thousand you know that but i reckon pat can do it too you know he's still got his legs yeah, yeah, but um, I... <laughs> you know, it'll be, oh. be a great fun event, generating positivity in the world, trying to. Unbelievable. Definitely, I, I'll, I'll definitely jump it on for a six-hour stint. I can promise you that. <laughs> okay, well, we'll work on that. That's the start. <laughs> so, um, what software? Um, what software are you basing the race on? Look, um, you know, obviously, there's a whole lot of uh, options out there at the moment, uh, and then and the major. Challenge was finding um, the, uh, the the uh, the app that would be able to uh, give you a, uh, a a full and original uh, one way route. Um, so at the moment, the, the plan is that it'll be full gas. Um, okay. You know, other ones we understand we're not able to uh, to 
uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the technical expert here. I'm just the donkey, you know, you're talking to Nat. But they weren't able to sort of put, put the route together, which is going to be an original route that gives you the sense of you're making an onward journey from one point to another. So, uh, so that's uh, at the moment the, the plan is it's going to be full gas. Incredible, isn't it? Um, I'm just blown away. Look, you know, I'm pretty familiar with Swift and the way things have gone over the last few years, smart trainer-wise, but to have a virtual ultra-endurance race, basically, you know, pedalling in your lounge room or wherever your pain cave is, it's just phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, I think the, the basic idea will be to, and, and again, they're still just working on the details of all this, So, um, but they're going to be sort of uh, like, uh, I think this will be like a, a, a number of segments or stages uh, assigned for each day. Mm. Um, and you try and do as much of that as you can. Um, the, the maximum time allowed to ride each day will be 20 hours. I'm sure no one will complain about that. Um, so you next day you're going to get four hours sleep, but it's, what, it's whatever you can get done in those 20 hours of the, of the segments that are assigned for that day. There will be a concurrent leaderboard of who's, you know, who's, who's in, the, uh, in the lead at the end of day one and day two, and it will be a 12-day event. Um, and... Uh, it's you know we want to you know have some fun in it as well you know as much yeah. as you can on a stationary bike so it's got to be it's going to be in the right spirit of things as well and so it will be different to to ram in many ways obviously and uh, ja knows it will know this better than i do but i also want to keep one um one stimulus is is directed one way towards vram hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. And I've still got to be able to, you know, back it up and have a, a, another sort of a refined program towards RAM for next year, if that makes sense. Because there's two, mm. there are two different challenges in many ways. Yeah, I'm, I'm, blue. I'm just absolutely blown away by this. Pat, Patrick, what's your... What are your thoughts on this virtual racing? Oh, I think it'll be a lot harder than actually being out there in uh, in the wind and the rain. And I think if a rider has a choice between doing uh, six hours indoors or six hours outdoors, although if you have six hours of a headwind, that's pretty close to hell. Um, <laughs> but but for uh, for a cyclist, I think um, we have we were, we respect that anyone who can ride indoors for 15 to 20 hours a day i think uh, especially amongst the the pros um we'll say wow you know that's uh, that that is a lot tougher than being because a lot of us we love the outdoors we love the rain the hail the snow we love all that <laughs> we ride bikes so mm. to do it indoors you know i mean wow you know that's that's going to be a lot tougher yeah. yeah no tailwind no tailwind indoors no no there may there may be a few impromptu uh, rainstorms or something i'm sort of Weary about what people will do. They may throw a bucket of water in my face or pull the hose out. <laughs> I, I think we, we need we need a film of scenery going past as well. <laughs> Actually, the interesting thing we are going to have it. It's going to be set up like uh, like it would be in Ram or in any bike race. So they'll be I'll be on the on the smart trainer with a big screen, 
in front of me with the route and then behind me will be the support car all decked out and I'll also have the RV there, which I will be having my my my, uh, my rest breaks in and my, my short sleeps. Um, and so we'll be all filmed too, the whole sort of movement between support crew coming out and helping me but within the con within within whatever the health protocols are in the time as well, you know, of course, with coronavirus. Really? Um, so that's all going to be filmed. We're going to have cameras in, in, in the motorhome and as well as in the car. And it's funny, Mike, the guy who's, who was assigned to drive the motorhome in, in Ram, he said to me, well, what, what happens to my gig now? And I said, you've still got the gig, mate, but you're going to be parked for 12 days, that's all. <laughs> wow, that's amazing, Rupert. Um, yeah. and so it's where, simulated where like, like an on-scene sort of uh, where you'll be able to see it. Um, and SBS have come on board to, to support it as well. So they'll be doing some uh, having live segments. Um, it may not be the greatest spectator event in the world, <laughs> but it'll be different. Well, if anyone watched... Um your live feeds from IndyPak, you know, that really raw emotion and honesty that you showed um, during that really challenging course. I, I can imagine there would be some pretty interesting viewing yeah. here. Yeah, you could see a lot of the worst of me. This, at least I was able to choose when to turn the uh, the camera on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I won't have that choice this time. That's, that's, that's fine. We want to be as transparent as we can. And, you know, you, you all you guys know that, that there's so many hard moments in these in these great adventures and challenges, whether it's a Tour de France or whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, uh, you know, Ram or, or an Ironman triathlon or anything. There's always so many lows, you mm -hmm. know, and highs are, are the rare things, which was, which was, which is what, what, what makes them special, you know? So, yeah, yeah. You know. Okay. Well, we're really keen to hear more about this and follow the journey. And then of course the, the event itself. So, um, I guess follow your social channels, Rupert. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's my Facebook, which has always got all my. I'm doing a lot of videos now every week. Uh, just a little vignette is coming out, a one minute vignette, which is if you put them together, it sort of puts a narrative together. Um, a lot of it's driven around, of course, that you know the 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 cause of mental health, uh, trying to create awareness of that. And so we did speak about the positivity we're trying to generate um, to help generate. Um, in society, particularly at these times, but the broader issue is the issue of mental health, of which mm. a lot of people, uh, you know, have been and are and will be struggling. So that's why we want to go on the basis of transparency of emotion and to be able to talk about these issues and to show our emotions. So I think you'll see a lot of that. So we'll be on there, and also VRAM have their social media uh, platform too, you know, mm. on Instagram, Facebook, and, and Twitter. So uh, and so mental health is. Is, is the is the overriding umbrella um, mm. that we're, we're riding for and um, or working for you know the whole team and and whoever enters as well you know I mean we'd love to think whoever enters is going to be a playing a role in this as well and as globally as possible so yeah yeah uh, so just anyone who's going to sign up who's interested just to, you know like to ask if they can just sort of uh, keep abreast of the motivation behind it all as well to have fun be really positive about things and to not be you know, just to try and get out there and, uh, and and do something that you may not have been doing before, specifically yeah. during these hard times. And Rupert, are you predominantly yeah. training indoors for this or outdoors? And sorry to cut you there, JA. Um. Uh, no, it's uh, a bit like JA. You know, like uh, you know, I've obviously got a, a regime which I've got to do. You know, starting to steer more to. You know, you have to get used to doing more more time on the uh, on the smart trainer. And my coach, the Slovenian Marco Bello, who came second in Ram last year, he's. He's pretty much styled a lot of my programs, particularly the hard stuff. You know, the 
you know, you know, with with uh, riding with the watts and all that, and uh, um, so that's a lot of that's on the indoors. But it's probably about, you know, if you're looking at seven rides in, in the week, it's probably ratio of four to three, three to four, depending on the weather or the mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Up, so you know, um, it's still nice. I mean, you really do appreciate when you do go out, and we're so fortunate in Australia that we can still cycle. You know, whether it's you know in pairs or or, or alone, um, yeah. but we still cycle and then you think about the countries like Italy, France and Spain and the like where they can't go out, you know, that's, mm. and when you go outdoors now, you, you, and I'm sure Pat and J.A. and yourself and that, when you go out, you sort of, particularly when there's less pollution in the air, how fresh the air is and these simple things that we take for granted, you know, and, um, you know, we're very lucky to have that. So I, I feel very fortunate to be able to have a, 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 an opportunity like VRAM because it wouldn't, um, you know, a lot of people have lost, you know, have not been able to have their, their opportunities to pursue something because of mm-hmm. this. And I, I have an opportunity and and I hope that opportunity can be seized by anybody else who may like to take it up. So Yeah, 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 uh, sure. So I guess uh, virtual training, I mean, you, you wouldn't mind having a few shares in Zwift at the moment, would you? These these oh, platforms must be doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And it's like what Pat said about bike, you know, bike the retail industry. You know, I know... Albion Cycles, Frank Conceso, he was just saying it. He's flat out. To get take your bike up there for a service, you just, you know, it's just crazy. And 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 I think we've all seen cyclists everywhere. But it's it's it's, you know, I'm happy for the retail industry because the cycling retail industry has been a hard slog for anybody who owns a bike shop. You go, gosh, they're always, you know, I mean, you don't wish the bad that's happened, but it's nice to see you know some return go somewhere to somebody. You know, and, uh, okay. and I'm very happy that. Uh, Cycling retail is, is going strongly. Yeah. yeah. Um, J.A., we rode recently and um, you said you were, I won't say why, but you did mention you had to go and see the bike shop soon after the ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how was that? And was your local bike shop um, under the pump? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, hang on. I better just been... say it. There was a bit of a squeaky <laughs> bottom bracket going on, Jay, wasn't there? <laughs> there was definitely a very annoying squeaky bro- yeah, bottom yeah, bracket. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Uh, anyway, fixed now. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, really, really busy. Uh, I think everyone's getting their old bikes out from um, the garage or wherever they've been storing them and, and bringing them in to get them uh, fixed and, and taking them out for a ride, which is fantastic. And I saw an article. Uh, yesterday about 99 bikes and uh, their sales um, and they have been up 50 percent and um, really? uh, I think commuter bikes are up 200 um, oh percent as people try to avoid public transport um, and find other ways if they can't get to the gym um, I think people are looking at cycling as a way to do some exercise which is brilliant to see. Mm. Um, Pat, you, you're a rep uh, for bike sports. Um, yep. San, Santini, a couple of other uh, major yep. companies what are, what are you seeing similar i guess yeah well i've been um, reading a few articles uh, around the world and uh, we believe the this virus is going to change the way we live and um, once we eventually get on top of this virus so we think globally we'll see a lot less people on trains on buses or public transport in general so we're going to see a massive decline in people using public transport and globally, not just in, in Europe, but they are really expecting a, a really large uptake in the bicycle industry. So this is going to be a massive game changer. And um, 
hopefully it's for the better for society because um, what we all notice all around the world is is for the first time um, in probably a few hundred years, people can see uh, the mountain ranges again. There's less pollution. So riding a bicycle is the healthiest thing a human being can do unless you um, live in the outskirts of Sydney where the drivers try and hit you. But, <laughs> That's where I live. <laughs> yeah, we believe we believe it's going to be a game changer. This is an absolute game changer for the bicycle industry. They cannot keep up uh, with with the demand. So we're hoping that when this subsides, that yeah, that the bicycle is going to be an important part of society once again, just like it was in 1902, all the way up to the to the um, mid 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 1930s. Really, That's wow. when the bicycle dominated. Uh, um transport so um yeah um, for the bicycle industry we're, we're hoping that this will be a positive change in society mm. well that's pretty good to be hearing that from obviously well rupert's local shop julianne's and 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 the stores you're visiting in sa pat yeah every single one and uh, it's like uh, mentioned before 99 bikes cannot keep up there are certain manufacturers uh trek bicycles we know we all know trek bicycles uh, they sold out of they don't have any cheap bikes in in, in the planet anymore so uh, that, that's also to do with a bit of supply chain block in uh, china and taiwan we know that yeah. many many millions of bicycles are made in china and taiwan so there's a bit of a supply uh, block but um mm. um yeah the, the the bikes are rolling out of the door and um when uh, when all this um hopefully get on top of this um, we'll see a lot more people enjoying a bicycle and hopefully the motorists will respect the bicycles a bit more too. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. Um, how about smart trainers? What, what have you heard anything about the smart trailer sales um, or? Sold out. They sold out. You cannot get a smart trainer. Um, I sell Japanese smart trainers, Menorah. Um, they sold out within weeks. So, um, oh. if you have a smart trainer, uh, you put it on bicycle market, it'll go within seconds. Um, <laughs> name, your, name your price, Pat. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. And we've got a shipment coming in a couple of weeks from Japan because our trainers are made in Japan. Uh, they're sold out. Um, the bike shops are just so hungry and the consumer uh, are all getting their head around the, yeah, the, the, the smart trainer world. And, um, yeah, it's, look, it's revolutionising um, the industry I'm in, which is the bicycle industry. And, uh, yeah, it's just shame. It's just shame it's taken a virus um, to get to this point, really. But, um, yeah. It really it's, is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Can, can I add to that? What Pat just said also, I was up, up you mentioned 99 bikes, and I was at 99 bikes at Bondi Junction when I got my smart trader. And and they had... First they they sold out and I came back and they had three three of them there and I was just talking to the guy about it and I was going to walk and just say look I'll I'll think about it and come back in half an hour and <laughs> then I thought no I I'll take it now and and I hadn't explained that to my wife yet that I was going to buy the smart trainer and, <laughs> and I thought no I better take it now and before I'd even paid the credit card the other two the other two of the three remaining had already gone you know like people had called up and said. I, want, I would like to get that smart trainer. So there were three there after already being sold out previously, and they mm. just went, go, just like they never existed. You know, it was, it was quite incredible. And I also saw the other day a man walk out of Aldi with a, with a, with a, with a, with a obviously a very a cheap bike, but, you know, he had it in, in, in his trolley with his vegetables, you know. And they really? always had taken a photo because that was, the, uh, that was a funny sight, that was. But it just shows that it's not just people looking for – uh, elite or top of the range bikes and equipment you know mm. people as pat said just want to get out and ride their bike you know and something as simple as that that we did when we were kids you know so it's like they've rediscovered 
something that was inherently a part of them as a child, and uh, now they've got they've got time on their sides now. Um, yeah, yeah. At least they're making yeah. use. I think it's and it's a, it's a real positive. I think a lot of the kids in the streets are out riding bikes now. I think with parents working from home, the kids also get to go out in the streets on bikes. Um, and I know with my group Cheeky that I ride with, they're over in the eastern suburbs, but um, they have been saying that a lot of the streets over in the eastern suburbs, all the kids are out doing little races and, and they've seen more young kids out on bikes than they've ever seen before, which is really lovely to see. Mm. Well, it really is. And, um, you know, that's just the best news ever. I mean, amidst the, the, the most significant event of our lifetimes, so um, I guess it's good to see there's some positives. Definitely. And um, Centennial Park is uh, car-free at the weekends. Brilliant. Yeah, well, uh, a word of warning, though. I was, I was there last – we did last weekend, and it was kind of bedlam, really, because people were, were running and walking on the road in different directions. And um, oh. <laughs> I saw one accident where a woman uh, and a child just they walked straight out, and, um, straight into the line of a cyclist who went over the handlebars and – and it was pretty pretty ugly, and there was just it was just people everywhere, you know. So mm. in some way, I'm I'm not convinced that banning the cars out of Centennial Park on the weekends is such a good thing because having the cars there at least gave some structure. Like you can you go only one way around the park, not every other way. And um, in a bizarre sort of way, I, I used to dream about the days there wouldn't be cars in the park, but um i just think this is, this is based on one day but it was a crazy day last saturday so mm. um but they, at least they're, they're trying anyway there was the, the point of it well it was an initiative to try and sort of have less yeah yeah people in there yeah. I, th so. I think it's probably i mean that was the first week i, I guess they'll learn from some mm. of the things that they've seen and, and maybe make some changes along yes. the way but if, if if it encourages more people to ride a bike and more people to understand the dangers of cycling as well and the fact that you know cars coming too close is dangerous yeah. because more people are riding then hopefully it changes people's attitude across the board towards cyclists and we aren't yeah. seen quite so negatively as perhaps we have been in the past mm. There's no cars in there before five o'clock. You can always go earlier. That's exactly it. <laughs> that, that is the downside of this virus. I'm struggling to get out of bed before five. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm always wary to sort of crystal ball gaze, but I, I'm keen to ask you three um, what your thoughts for the year ahead. I mean, the, the rest of this year, more so from the cycling world perspective, uh, Rupert, do you want to boldly lead here and just say what, how do you think the rest of 2020 may unfold? Oh, I, I, I think I think um, you mean from a cycling point of view, or just yeah, from a... yeah. And like, I mean, I am actually interested to get your thoughts on the lockdown situation. That's sort of how long's a piece of string, but how long do you think we'll stay like this? And and then those World Tour races and the the Grand Tours. Um, and the world championships do you think it's sort of go going to go ahead and, and just keen to see how you think it might might sort of unfold um well first i, I, I think in, in australia I, I just from from australia i think uh, i think the situation's been handled really well i think mm. um we're very fortunate that you know that the curve is being flattened i think society is generally getting behind the 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 protocols that have been put in place and when you do see these little the oh, well, not say when you see these um these uh, the, the curve being flattened, um, mm. it does give incentive in a sense of that. Hey, what I do today is mm. making a difference. And I think 
generally people are seeing that and that gives you motivation to to adhere to it and to also appreciate like we've just spoken about a whack of stuff that we appreciate through yeah. something globally tragic but we are, we are seeing positive things that we have to you know you need to mm. t- tap into those positive those opportunities of, of a, a positive outcome um and I, I i think it's really important though that that in, in, in the improved situation, we don't get too far ahead of, ahead of ourselves. We are becoming conditioned to some of these constraints that are around us now. So why just suddenly stop it when we've got a great opportunity here to, to work on it and to maybe, you know, all the things we used to do, we, maybe we don't need to do all the things we used to do. It's, you know, some of the things, you know, like, you know, well, cars and, I mean, uh, I love a pub as good as anyone, but I don't need to go to the pub every night, you know, which I might have done before. So yeah, exactly. Uh, just a whole lot of things that, will, as Pat said, will change society. Um, but I think, I, I think the measures will be um, um, carefully um, loosened up in Australia um, because I guess people do need to get out of their houses, and there's only so much restriction people can tolerate without becoming mm. negative about it. From a cycling point of view, I, I, I am hesitant that they're rushing it too far but i can understand why there's business there it is giving a sense of motivation for cyclists to believe there's something this year and not just to throw away the year mm. but i also that uh, I, I i mean you can't crystal ball about where what what's coronavirus will be like around the world but um i just think you've it's just got to be very cautious i wouldn't assume that it's def- that the tour is definitely on i wouldn't assume the world championships are definitely on i think i'd mm. be ready to think, well, you know what, the year may come and go and I'll have a solid training base uh, for next year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Um, Pat? I'd love to see a tour as much as anybody, but I would hate to see a tour that's that's compromised, Um, not just – it's compromised so many other facets. And you think – sorry, I'll wind up now, but you think of France, which have had so many deaths, um, and and you look at a tour de France where there's – there is the, uh, the you know the, the drain on medical resources through crashes and and all the likes. I mean um, that could backfire horribly if 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 suddenly riders or a rider had to be evacuated and taken to a hospital and or, or, or someone in the public gets hit by a site. You know all these things could have damaging. Yeah. Effects, so it, it really is hard to imagine. Yeah. Um, you know the crowds, the the infrastructure being set up and pulled down, and the towns all being ready. It's just. You just think how on earth could it take place? And I'm, I'm with you as much as I love the tour. I'm just thinking, you know, just hibernate the year. Riders, those top riders are really staying in form and improving form. Like Froome, claims to be in tour winning form or, or he's, you know, totally recovered. Yeah, it's difficult. Patrick, keen to hear your thoughts just on how, how it might unfold. And, and first of all, the Australian side of things. Like, you know, are we going to come out of this soon? Um, it, uh, yeah, I agree with Roop. I think... Um, if we do race, and there's a big, big if, um, we'll, we're going to see uh, what we saw in the 90s. They'll be racing at two speeds. I think a lot of people forget one thing is that I think every, everyone assumes that professional cyclists are highly motivated individuals, which is not really the case. There's really a large group of pros that find it very difficult to train. They're not really that highly motivated individuals. And the reason they're pro and the reason they are successful is because they race to train. So in our team, we would have like four or five riders that would race the Giro just to get fit for the Tour de France, you see. Mm. So they need racing to get fit because they're actually, I could name names like Oscar Ferreira, uh, Dimitri Konishev, 
uh, half a dozen Russians. They were really poor trainers. They were not highly motivated individuals. Mm. So if we do go back to racing, you're going to see a racing at two speeds because there are a lot of pros at home that can't yeah. get out of bed. They're not highly motivated and all the stuff you see on social media. There's a whole group of guys that are just eating biscuits, putting on weight. They're, 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 they're uh, fat as mud um, and they're going to really struggle. So we're going to, if we do see any kind of racing, mm. oh, you're going to, you're going to see something amazing because from experience and because everyone assumes pros are naturally highly motivated. That's not the case. There's a, there is a large um, contingent that, basically race grand tours just to get fit because they don't want to train at home and now there's not going to be that kind of preparation yeah. so we're going to we're going to see something extraordinary if if we do race mm. pat do you, have you heard if riders are being tested at this time how's the yeah. passport situation going yeah so there's another thing i mean uh, you know um, at this particular moment as well um it's it's, it's uh, certain countries the riders can't even go out of their front door and other riders can do big 200k rides and there's no drug testing at the moment the world anti-doping association can't do any random drug testing and um, because of the covid virus so you know there's so many things people haven't really spoken about but mm-hmm. um i mean you know if you're living next door to a pharmacy it's uh, almost like living next door to a bottle shop isn't it <laughs> <laughs> interesting that's another podcast there pat <laughs> yeah we won't, we won't go any further into that but, um, <laughs> That might be the audio grab for this one. Um, <laughs> hey, um, yeah, we will delve into that, Pat. That's that's a good one. That's really interesting. Uh, um, Julianne, crystal ball, what's going to happen? This lockdown situation, how, how long do you think we've got it and how do you see the year unfolding? I think we're going to be in lockdown for a little while yet, uh, unfortunately. Um, I don't know with the racing With the Tour de France, I live in hope that it'll happen, but I don't necessarily truly believe that it will go ahead. Mm. Um, Even if it does happen, I I don't know about travel restrictions. Uh, I can't see those being lifted uh, particularly quickly um, and that people will want or be able to travel that quickly after this. Um, So what Pat was saying as well, uh, you know, the racers need to be doing races prior to the tour and actually racing it um, to be race fit. And and obviously that's not happening. So training on a trainer is great to an extent, but it's not the same as actually getting out there and racing. So it will be an interesting event if it does go ahead, because I don't think people will be at the the normal fitness that they usually would be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So honestly, I wish I knew what was going to happen. I think some events towards the end of the year may go ahead. Uh, but I, it's wishful thinking as opposed to actually maybe totally believing that it is going to happen mm. um, and just wait and see and just keep a positive attitude. And, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, following whatever the rules are for, for us, everyday cyclists, um, getting some fresh air if it's possible and keeping away from everybody um, and enjoying the sunshine while it shines. Yeah, good, true words. Nice, nicely put, Julianne. Okay, we're just going to quickly throw to you guys for a final final little summary and then we're going to wrap up this podcast. Um, Rupert? A summary, well. Um, yeah, just, just how, what, you know, what's going on, how to follow you and, um, and uh, maybe a little bit about the VRAM, which we're super excited yeah. about. Well, I was going to say one month, you know, of the three of you can sign up for VRAM and then you, then you know what you're going to be doing. Oh, um, yeah. And anybody can sign up for that. Uh, look, I, I'm, 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 yeah. Now I am folk that 
once RAM was cancelled, uh, in my mindset, I had to sort of readjust to a different goal. But now I'm sort of I am focused on VRAM, and um, and so long as the the health protocols allow us to still do it, you know, whatever they are at that time, um, mm. I'm just being driven by that at the moment. Uh, and um, I'll be there on my social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and um, I'm easy to be found. And um, it's 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 an exciting time during a, a, a tragic a time of tragedy and, and global concern, but I do believe you've got to look for the positives and uh, and amidst it all. So I know it's hard for a lot of people to see that, but if you can, it can make a big difference in just treating each day as it comes. You know, don't try and think too far ahead of yourself. Just try and enjoy the day. And as JA said, to get out and get some fresh air. That makes yeah, a difference. Yeah. And the air is so clean at the moment. So it really is. I'm looking at it right now, actually. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, J.A., nice little throw to you there. Uh, we are, well, I'll be watching Rupert very carefully uh, with VRAM, and uh, I'll probably join him for at least a little bit of that. Not convinced it'll be 5,000K on a trainer, but I might do a few hundred. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that as well. Yeah, good uh, stuff. Hey, um, Patrick, I'm going to give you the final say and yep. also the, um, the goodbye. You can, you can close this podcast after your, um, <laughs> your words of wisdom. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Get onto the VRAM. I really look forward to following all those guys and girls and good luck, Roop. And uh, I think every single one of us living in Australia at the moment, we are so lucky. We really are truly living in the lucky country. I've got a lot of family in Europe and I'm so happy I'm not living in France or Italy or Spain at the moment. Uh, Australia is the lucky country. Get on your bike and get, get out there. Nice one. Thanks, guys. Thank you all so much. Uh, thank thank you. you. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.